Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running. Welcome to the A to Z Running Podcast, where we help runners thrive. I'm Andy. With Zach, and this episode is fueled by, what are these, Andy? Chocolate. Pumpkin, pumpkin bars bars yes. with cinnamon and nutmeg mm-hmm. hopefully you're not allergic to cinnamon and nutmeg because then we're gonna blast it through the no, okay never mind now be sure you go to a to z running.com look for the word follow in the corner and click that and then head over to youtube and subscribe and of course get involved Join the conversation, yeah. all those good things. Well, I have to shout out to Kaylin Russo because she put on her Instagram a story where she was watching the A to Z running podcast while cross training. A story of her watching our story. Yes. So she was actually watching Wait, on YouTube. Watching on YouTube? On YouTube. People do that? <laughs> okay. So, Kaylin, you have joined the one other person who has ever watched our episodes on YouTube. <laughs> so, now, if you want to continue the effort to try to prove Andy right that people actually do that, you got to tell us. Otherwise, we'll never know because mm-hmm. YouTube doesn't. What? You're funny. All right. So, certainly, we've got other things to talk about, like. SB Socks. Now, this was a while back, and so we're bringing this back for you. SB Socks is, as we were talking about previously, the best price you're going to find for compression literally just about anywhere. And we've worn compression socks from nearly every company that's ever come and gone in the world of compression socks. And we just love them. We love compression socks in general. Mm-hmm. But SB Socks is the price point that you want and it's holding up. We've been yeah. wearing these now for months. We've been wearing them for countless miles, and we're we're loving them. I'm yeah. wearing some right now. In fact, <laughs> you are. And that wasn't that's on why purpose. we couldn't show it to you. If, if Zach did a little foot? like high I leg, I can't get thing, my foot this high. That was that'd be possible, but they also started printing them in A to Z running blue just for us and you, our listeners. That's not true. It's not true. But I, they I are lied. A to Z running blue. They are, in fact. So pretty awesome. With some of the ones with the blue to black. So this is all good stuff. Okay. Yes. But why are we telling you about SB Socks? Because you can win some. I'm so excited to announce that we are having a giveaway coming up soon on Instagram. So you can follow us at A to Z running with SB Socks compression. The first place winner gets eight products from SB Socks. Eight. <laughs> eight. That is literally the number eight. And get this. There's a second place. Second winner gets five SB Socks products of their choice. Are we allowed to enter this giveaway ourselves? <laughs> well, this... they they did give us a few things. They give us, so... they give us some, but yeah. eight, That's five. amazing, yeah. And then third... But wait, there's more. ...winner gets two SB Socks products of their choice. Wonderful. This is huge. I mean, we don't have like a million followers on Instagram, so your, your odds are not wait. terrible for this. We don't? No, not yet. Not yet, Zach. <laughs> I clearly don't understand the social media thing at all. All right, so you want some of these because they're awesome. They've got like the ankle sock type of thing with the foot compression. They've got the sleeves for the calf compression, and they've got the full-length sock for everything. Mm-hmm. And all of it is wonderful. Yeah, it's really great. And it kind of goes along with our topic today of recovery because compression is a great form hey, of recovery. Yeah, I love your transitions. Thank that wasn't you. even written down. Where's it that paper? No. So it does, in fact, because today we are going to be answering the question, what is recovery and why does it matter? 
because it does. Yeah. And to help us talk about this is Anne-Marie Kirkpatrick, and she's a 237 marathoner. So, speedy lady. So, some super practical stuff, as well as some great sciencey nerd out things yes. that I thoroughly enjoy. And all of that coming after a little bit of the world of running. This week on the world of running, we are following up with that Michigan Pro Half Marathon that happened on the east side of Michigan, thanks to Hansons, Brooks Hansons, who hosted. So I do want to, I'm just kind of fangirling here of because course. Kira D'Amato won. She won. She won. We are, we've been and we're her. the ones who made her famous. So. No, we're not. Not in the least bit. If her speedy times have made her famous. And she clocked a huge personal best time of 108.57. Count better, it. Better said is 68.57. 68.57. Mm. That, mm-hmm. that puts her in well, she was already in world-class status yes. as a runner, but that puts her in world-class status as a half marathoner as well. She can do no wrong. Seriously, this woman is on fire. It's so exciting to follow her. And she is going for that 10-mile women's only record, U.S. record. So stay tuned for that. Really exciting stuff. Second place was Emma Bates. You probably heard her name before. She is big time in distance, women's distance running in the U.S. And she ran a personal best time of 6944. Under the 70 minutes. Rock on. And the third thing I want to say, there's a lot of great stuff that happened, but Joanna Stevens, who we've had on the show before and I run with on a regular basis. In fact, I'm running with her tomorrow. um, She finally announced that she is joining Atlanta Track Club. Nice. Atlanta Track Club, which means she's moving away from you. Tears. Boo. (laughs) I'm happy for her. She's going to thrive. She's joining the club of all good runners leave West Michigan in order to run somewhere warmer. Aww. (laughs) Not true, but it is snowing as we're talking right now in the 1st of November. What's the date today? We just did a time warp on you. Who knows what day you're listening to this. All right. So for the men's race, it was a close one exciting stuff and so this is this is fascinating to me the winner in fact of the men's race was a surprise well at least a surprise to us he may not have been surprised you know how these things go he's in in his mind thinking i'm gonna win this thing um so morgan pearson who is a triathlete most notably and in his half marathon debut won the race in a speedy time of 62 15 wow now get this he won it by one second Mm-hmm. over second place tyler day tyler day beat third place by one second over frank lara who beat fourth place by one second over scott fobble which means the top four runners were exactly one second apart each first through fourth yeah that's a tight race yeah those are good things so well raced by all of the above and certainly morgan pearson congrats on the win and then jake riley because we've been talking about those we've interviewed on the show and we want to always follow up with them jake riley was in the race and he ran a personal best time solid performance of 62 29 good for sixth place in this tight yeah. men's race so he was he was with the pack i mean yeah, this was a was. tight pack mm-hmm. and uh he just he, he lost him a little bit near the end there but not by much yeah it was exciting i actually watched it so thanks again to brooks hansen's distance project for great that they streaming streamed it it. Yeah. it was a, it was a great midweek exciting thing so that wasn't the only half marathon recently that we want to report on and galen rupp 
Yeah. Got out the rust in well, I don't know if he got he out. He never I don't has know what, rust. I don't know what the story <laughs> is with Galen Rupp and Rust. However, he raced for the first time since February of twenty twenty in the, the US trials. trials. Yep. So he Where did. he won, by the way. The trials. Followed, yeah. As well as the half marathon he just raced. That was confusing. <laughs> in most races that he runs. So Andy, what did what did he just do? Yeah, so Galen Rupp did some amazing things. He clocked sixty minutes twenty two seconds. Wow. For his half. <laughs> so he did miss um, the record by Ryan Hall, which is 59.43, but people were just kind of predicting he would go for it. It didn't seem in the race that he was striving for that. He ran solid the whole time, like the same pace. So it didn't look like he was like going off for the time, it. Right. right. I think people were well. just kind of hoping that he'd go for that record, but he just ran a very consistent uh, race there and of course he he beat the second place runner by how much Zach? Uh, not, not quite a minute almost a minute. Almost a minute. Which is yeah. that's respectable but at the same time uh, second place ran 61.15 which is not slow and that was no, Suguru Osako Japan. Okay. So um, of course if you know anything about Galen Rupp then you know that you don't know anything about Galen Rupp because he doesn't tell you anything you just oh. find out when it happens so of course we didn't know for sure if he was going for the record but judging by the time a fairly respectable 60 minutes and change um i'd love to see him go for the record yeah That'd be me great. too. so they did report usatf indicated that he in fact did run the 10 mile record because they had the 10 mile clocked officially in the race which means now because he didn't run necessarily faster in the half marathon than others have theirs weren't clocked at the 10 mile mat and his was so he may if it's ratified get the 10 mile record at least which is really something and uh in case anyone's curious so all of you bridge run people out there from west michigan you've run the 10 mile there um you know what this means he ran 45 54 through 10 miles just let that sink in a moment wow and now that's done sinking in of course there's plenty of other but uh, guess who is by <laughs> no we gotta say who is by who because this by? is another west michigan connection that's is true. greg meyer greg meyer from 1983 he is a local <laughs> so legend here in west michigan well. yep and held that record for 30, how, do math, do math, Zach, 37 years. Mm -hmm. So that's something. Um, so Galen ran a, a respectable time, and it was a two-man race where there was a third in there who kind of faded. And so, you know, there's a really small deal, and he proved his fitness well. His coach even said, we just needed to get a real race effort in there with a real race-type experience, and that they did, and it was exciting. Mm-hmm. So, plenty of other things to talk about, and of course, we can't talk about all of them now, but we do have a lot to get to with our main topic. Our main topic today is what is recovery and why does it matter? So, in order to address this properly, we first have to kind of define some terms here, as we like to do. Um, and as you may have guessed, if you've already done this, if you Google things like recovery or recovery running specifically for those kinds of things, you get really vague and like relative concepts. Like it's running easy. Recovery is easy running. Like, no kidding. Um, but what does that mean? And, and as you might guess, with us, we're all about that science and what does it really mean? So just one quick thing I wanted to mention here because this comes from MotiveRunning.com and they've got a great uh, quote here from Pascal Dobert who at one point was working with Bowerman Track Club as like a conditioning coach. I don't know if, if he does anymore. But okay. um, anyway, he says, whenever you exercise a muscle strenuously, either on the track or the gym, those muscles and tendons will develop micro tears and otherwise become irritated 
heated and inflamed. So an easy recovery run will work the muscles and muscle attachments in a gentle restorative way, increasing blood flow and pliability, muscle mm-hmm. pliability. So that those are some great concepts. That gets us a little bit closer to the practical. However, he still didn't address the science specifically, and I definitely want to do that briefly, if I can do it briefly. If he can do it briefly. I don't know if I can, but I'm going to try. It's a challenge for you, Zach. Okay, so the main question here is what's actually happening during the recovery experience, and, of course, then why that is valuable um, will be more evident when we understand this. So it has a lot to do with the kind of exertion first, because different things are happening with different kinds of exertion. Um, and, and I liked that comment from Dobert. So anytime we're doing any kind of strenuous activity, the muscles and the and the tissues and the micro tearing and such is just kind of a general thing. So when you feel sore, in especially like if you do a push up and you feel sore, um, you know that kind of soreness um, is the muscle tissue damage and so that's one aspect of and so in the recovery process those tissues are just repairing and reinforcing and so we know as the body always does this when it's rebuilding damaged tissues and things like that it rebuilds them a little bit stronger a little bit better than they were before Um, so that happens most of the time in a small way Um, i think for the very first time you do anything it happens a little bit in in a little bit bigger way so think about the first time you run after a couple of weeks off you're a little bit sore you know it's kind of like the creakiness of everything the first time you do an interval workout after eight weeks or more of solid aerobic conditioning hint, mm-hmm. hint, um, that, that you may feel a little bit sore. It's not because you're not fit. Cause obviously you did all that work prior to that moment. Um, so you get the point that soreness, that's the general tissue damage. However, now let's address the two key energy systems. So as runners, we're doing aerobic and anaerobic stuff the majority of the time and an the aerobic. recovery M- majority of the time, aerobic specifically the majority of the time. So the recovery experience that happens for those two energy systems is actually very different. And it's important to understand the difference there. So what's happening after an aerobic stress on the system? And the answer to that question is it has everything to do with your body learning to better get oxygen to the places it needs. So you're taxing your system in an oxygen specific way that's aerobic with oxygen and so then your body is actually building more and growing the size of the capillary beds in your veins and all of those things and so it's literally actually doing a better job of getting blood through which is really important to understand so then when you're recovering after an aerobic stress on the system is when that rebuilding or creating new capillary beds is actually happening. Um, and the interesting thing is it's kind of just like this ongoing thing. So I stress the aerobic system Monday, it starts rebuilding those things. And I stress it again, Tuesday, maybe a little longer or a little shorter or something. And it just continues rebuilding those things. And so that's why in an aerobic sense, when you're doing aerobic training, you're really kind of stressing the system repeatedly over and over um the main limiting factor there is you just total exhaustion fatigue mm. which is why you can't just run 300 miles a week and stress it repeatedly except and, for like well one you of can our upcoming do it no 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 the point this. is you can do it but that's not an efficient way to become aerobically fit okay that's accomplishing something different okay so that's aerobic in a nutshell anaerobic is of course then when you're stressing the system anaerobically you're actually creating lactic acid waste products in your muscles and your cells and so in doing that the actual recovery process what's happening in recovery from anaerobic is your body is flushing out or metabolizing 
the lactic acid and other waste products that build up. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear Anne Marie talking about that soon. She mm-hmm. will. And and it's important to understand what that feels like because it's that's a very different feeling than th- like feeling tired after a long anaerobic run or aerobic run. So this is like you're actually lowering your blood's pH. It's more acidic and for the period after an anaerobic stress, your body is working to get that stuff out of the blood. And then return to essentially normal pH balance of your blood. Um, And when it does that, then it's fully recovered. So what's happening for anaerobic then is you're increasing your body's effectiveness and efficiency at removing waste products from the blood. That is what it means to recover anaerobically, aerobically, and in general with your tissues and large parts. So uh, then we, of course, have to ask and answer very quickly. So what does your body actually need to do that recovery mm-hmm. process well? And it's pretty obvious stuff in this sense. You need oxygen and blood flow to recover in a general sense because your body basically uses that oxygen to do almost everything that it does anywhere. So you need to be well hydrated because that's going to help transport the oxygen. Um, and in that same sense, you also then need the nutritional elements that play a factor there. So for two reasons, you need these nutrients. One is because you're expending them in the stress in the workout. So think about something like calcium. Um, your body uses calcium predominantly in its bones and teeth and all those things, but also in some of your cells and tissue um, in a smaller degree. But it needs that because it expends it in the stressor. And if it can't get it, back to your muscles right away, your body will actually go to your bones to take the calcium from your bones. And this is where the whole conversation of like weaknesses, like stress reactions, stress fractures and such like that, you need more calcium. You need to replenish your calcium. So there's that. And by the way, I should mention, Arthur Lydiard is a great source on really practical, of course bring up really practical <laughs> understandings. Of course I am. So in Running with Lydiard, which is one of his primary books, um, he'll go into some more detail on some of these things. But there's also there's a lecture tour that he's done in a number of different places throughout the world. And uh, the one that I found specifically is from Fitness Sports. They provided a summary of this lecture tour from like 1999 where he's talking about these things. Uh, but in a general sense. So we need we need these vitamins and nutrients, magnesium, potassium potassium, iron, zinc. These are all key factors. And we feel like as we've been planning this episode and just thinking through what we want to talk about here, we think, you know what, you probably want to and need to know in greater detail some of those things that I just mentioned casually because it's so important. However, we don't have the time to go into it right now. Mm -hmm. Just know that those are the things that your body is using to achieve that recovery stuff at a better degree. So when Lydiard was doing that talk, we were watching Space Jam, probably. 1999? 1999? I don't know what I was doing in 1999. Let us know your favorite 90s movie. Don't do that. I I intentionally have forgotten the 90s, along with most of the rest of Americans, at least. Well, to make this topic practical, we have Anne-Marie Kirkpatrick that is going to come on to talk to us about how she implements recovery. And she's a 237 marathoner. She is very fast. And this happened post-kids which I think is fabulous. You know, I'm a mom too, so I love seeing moms getting after it. But I've just gotten to connect with Anne-Marie and kind of seen her training. She runs for um, Team Front Range Elite, and that's in Fort Collins. And she's just an amazing runner, but also has this down pat. So she's the per- perfect person to talk to about recovery. Yeah, a lot of great insights, a lot of practical stuff. She'll talk about what she does, and we'll get into the why and those specific things as well. 
Mm-hmm. I do want to mention, too, because she does talk about it just briefly, but her job is really cool. I think it's unique. She works as an outdoor adventure guide for the nonprofit Mountains and Plains Institute for Lifelong Learning. So as a, as a working woman, a working mom, she still finds a way to implement great recovery into her training and, of course, trains at an elite level. So without further ado, let's hear from Anne-Marie. Hey, Anne-Marie. Welcome to the A to Z Running Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, this is so exciting for me because I met Anne-Marie at the Olympic trials. That was when we first met. And it was fun because we actually like ate together. I invited myself to your table like that awkward like high school girl like, hey, can I sit with you? So that was really cool. A great way to get to know you. That's not even true. We love to have you. I am not don't want to interrupt. But no, it was awesome having you there. I loved it. So Thank the cool you. girls actually let you be a part of their yes, coolness. Yes. See, I wasn't quite sure that I should believe her when she was telling me that the cool people let her hang out with them. Because, you know, that doesn't usually happen. But. Super cool. <laughs> yes. And we both ran Chicago together, which is kind of how we first connected. Um, although we didn't meet there. You're right. We met at the trials in person. But um, like, you know, one of the positive things about social media is then we connected afterwards. So that was super cool. Yeah. You know, that's that's one of the things that's always been fascinating to me, Anne-Marie, about elite level running types of things. And I think it was um, 2015, 2016, when I was chatting with Dathan Ritzenheim once about this. And he's like, it's cool because you go to these races and you can go anywhere in the world to these races and you see a lot of the same people. And so you kind of get to know each other because you're just racing each other. You know, you go to the Chicago Marathon and it's about the same people that you see at the Olympic trials. And and then again at Boston, you know, so it, it was kind of a really fascinating thing. And just hearing Andy talk about that, too, with her trials experience. And she saw these people that she raced in Chicago and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I had to learn a couple of words in Swahili, like, hello, Jumbo, just because, you know, you always see like the Africans and like, I want to say hi to them. So yeah, like learned a couple of words because you're right. The circuit is the same people. It's mm-hmm. great. So let's talk about your best marathon. You have a really, really fast marathon time and that's 237. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 237.49. <laughs> 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 Those last 49 seconds kind of haunt me, but someday. <laughs> so tell me about, tell me about that race. Okay. Um, it was California International Marathon 2018 when things were still normal. And it was, it was magical. It was like one of those races where everything comes together and, you know, training leading up to it was great. Um, Although I will say the Tuesday before the race, so um, I believe the race is on Saturday. So I did a Tuesday, just 5K um, at marathon pace, and I could not hit my paces whatsoever. (laughs) And it was so, it was a little terrifying um, to think, okay, well, I have to run back to back to back to back to back 5Ks faster than that in just a few days. So um but yeah it was amazing i mean everything about it from start to finish was just i mean you know the the people the the race itself well organized of course like um even though you know i was a few seconds off my goal time it's so negligible really in the um you know over 26 miles that i was super pumped mm-hmm 
It's awesome. That race, you know, I, I've heard from a number who have run it that because of the nature of being like a crowd of people all running fast, the energy is just that much higher when you're in that race and you're in that competition. Is that part of what you felt like the experience kind of helped elevate it for you? Um, yeah, I'm sure it did. I mean, yeah, masses and masses of women. Cause I think that was the first time that like a really big wave over a hundred women qualified. Um, because I had qualified the year before at that race, um, with like two forty four fifty nine, like squeaked <laughs> in, um, and like 40 other women did, um, with the B standard too. And then like, I feel like that was, I read that report that, you know, over a hundred women had, had qualified. Um, and I was like, Oh, they messed up. This is so embarrassing. Like they, they got the number wrong and no, it was right. And that was kind of like the start too of that big tidal wave of like people getting fast and fit and like seeing other people doing it. And so, um, yeah, I was, and I had started out, I think with the, um, the pacers and so there was a big group and it definitely was like everybody working together and some chit chat and like yeah you can just feel the buzz in the air so yeah you should definitely run it if you haven't i think you have though right we have not run cim we keep talking about it every year but we have not we haven't done it zach zach has a chip on his shoulder about traveling to california to race west coast racing's hard for us midwesterners you know the three-hour time change and the the added travel so it's <laughs> but we are eager to race any race to be quite honest with you at this point <laughs> anything <laughs> well i i did give a little background about you Anne marie before we got started with our conversation but i do want to ask you about you getting into running because your story is a little different um, can you kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your um, getting serious with running? We just had Anne Marks and Marathons on, and um, she talked about getting serious with running, and and you got serious with running a little bit later in life. Is that true? Yeah. Um, and what's cool, too, now is that I don't think my story is as unique as it used to be when I first started, but I think that's awesome. So um, I did run in high school in like a tiny I'm from a tiny town of 500 people. Um, so, you know, take that for whatever it was. And then um, I had two kids and I was I 33, almost 34. Um, and I kind of just started running with this idea of getting back in shape. So I work for a nonprofit travel company and we um, climb mountains as some of our trips are hiking trips, the Colorado 14ers. And so I wanted to get back in shape to be able to guide trips. So I started running and I loved it. And um, my husband was a runner in college and he was giving me tips and tricks and coaching me. And, and then I ran this 5k local 5k and I won. Um, I think, it, I mean, it was like a, you know, sub 20, which I thought was it, you know, is, is like great. And I thought it was the best time ever. And I was like, I'm going to train for the Olympic trials, like no business <laughs> whatsoever thinking that I should try that. Um, so then, yeah, it was just so enjoyable. And I mean, being a new mom, there's so much that changes. And I feel like running was like this constant thing where I could just have a little time to myself and think about stuff and yeah, push the boys around in a jogging stroller. I had great biceps. <laughs> yes. 
Andy likes to talk about her jogging stroller training runs and the, the arm strength as a result. <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> and I resonate too with the having that time for yourself. And there's more purposes than just running fast. It's also to keep sane. And, you know, for your job, it was necessary for you to do the work you needed to do in life. And I think too, like when running can fill a couple needs in your life, it really does um, show itself as a priority more maybe than it would be if someone just saw it as maybe like a side thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So we could talk about a lot of the different things you've learned and on your road to where you are today and you're running Anne Marie. But um, one of the fascinating questions that's been on our mind lately is recovery and the question of when to do recovery and what that looks like when done well. So we can talk about recovery in the sense of like day to day. We can talk about recovery in the sense of like in between seasons, recovery in the sense of if you're hurting in the middle of a race, like there's a lot of different moments in time when the concept of recovery plays a factor for runners. But we're curious just as, as you've had experiences at such a high level in running and training yourself, what that means and what that looks like for you. So let's start with just the, the concept of when people talk about recovery, what is, what is it that you talk about or what is it you think about when you're thinking about recovery? Oh man, so many things come to mind. And I think um, it's definitely played a huge role in my running because starting at a later age, of course, like it's not as easy to recover as like a 20 something year old. So I've definitely paid a lot of attention and I was lucky um, well, I mean, I guess just to like first answer your question, like, I feel like recovery is almost 24 seven, like besides hard training, I feel like I spend the rest of my time in some form of recovery. Um, and it's not totally obvious necessarily, but like little things throughout the day that are just focused on that. Um, so it, yeah, just a multitude of things. So I think I was really lucky when I first, I think it was in 2017 and I had started getting pretty serious um in, about running and there was this local shoe store shoes and brews that um brought dr stacy sims she wrote the book roar have you guys heard of heard of but we have not read so i just devoured that thing and read it cover to cover um she is has an athletic background um pretty high level and then she's a nutritionist and um she has lots of accolades so i don't know if I'm giving her enough credit, but, um, so I learned a lot of things from her right away that I implemented and, um, some of the key things like eating a good mixture of quality protein and carbs within 30 minutes after running. And like, and a lot of these things too, I think that I'll say, or that we'll talk about people kind of know them. Like I know that I should probably wear compression socks after a long run, but like, sometimes I just don't do it. I forget, or I just don't want to, or like, I know I should run easy on my long run, but I'm with some friends and they're, they like to pick up the pace or whatever. And so I get sucked into like chatting and, and then I run too fast and then spend a couple weeks digging myself out of that hole. So some of the things that we know, we don't necessarily always implement, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, the broad answer to your question is just 24 seven, I'm trying to do some form of recovery. So what do you feel like are some of, I'm not gonna make you pick your favorite, but some of the things 
in terms of the concept of recovery that have made the biggest difference for you day to day in your training and your successes? Yeah, I think uh, eating more um, and then throughout the day. So like uh, I metabolize things pretty quickly and women in general just need a lot of protein and not necessarily like three meals a day of like a bunch of food hitting your gut at the same time. But I think I've benefited a lot from finding, you know, every two or two and a half hours, I'm eating something that's pretty high in protein or like a good quality um, carb protein mix, like um, that sort of thing, especially right after a hard workout. Um, yeah, like getting, doing post-run um, exercises, which, you know, are exercises, but it's a form of recovery um, in, in my opinion, I guess, uh, and then sleeping better. So as my kids have gotten older and I've been able to sleep more and uninterrupted, it's played a huge difference. Mm -hmm. I guess those are my, would be my top three. That's awesome. So there's certainly then when you get into the training itself and you think about, okay, so if you're doing a workout on a Tuesday and what does the next day or two look like if you're doing a long run on a Saturday, how hard is that? You know, those kinds of things. So what, what's the balance in your training that, you know, hard, the hard efforts, what kind of hard efforts need, what kind of recovery, what does that look like? So for me, I, I really love a seven day cycle just because then I can plan on you know, just the, the schedule, like I, I'll know, I know where I'm at. I have tried eight or nine day cycles and they probably work a little, um, better physically, but it's just so hard to juggle everything else that I'm not sure the stress of doing that is worth it. Um, so for me, like if I have a hard workout on a Tuesday, then Wednesday is a recovery day and that's an easy pace run. Um, and then I have, um, like if I do a medium long run, so I have like three different paces of easy pace, I guess. So right after a hard workout an easy pace run is like literally just the, you know, whatever, don't look at your watch, leave it at home. Don't like, if you're concerned about what Strava is going to think, then just don't Strava it. Um, and, and go nice and easy. And you should feel better after the run than when you started, because the point is just to get the blood moving and flush out your body basically. So then on a medium long run, um, which I would do maybe like, I would juggle it between Wednesday and Thursday. I kind of have a flexible um, schedule, I guess. Um, then it's a little bit, you know, pick up the pace a little bit more. Like you're still running easy, but you're focusing a little more and paying attention. Um, and then on long run days, I do the same thing. Um, you know, it's not a, it's not just a total slog. Um, you're kind of focusing, you don't have a pace in mind necessarily, but like you should feel like you're running. So that's kind of how I differentiate by feel. And I know that's so nuanced and hard for people to wrap their minds around, but like, so for example, when I was training for the California international marathon, the one we talked about, my pace was six minutes per mile for the marathon and my easy runs for long runs would be like two to two and a half minutes slower. So eight to eight thirty pace. Um, and then medium long run days would be like eight minute pace. 
and then recovery runs, um, or sorry, the easy, easy pace would be 8.30. The long run days would be around eight and then medium hard would be like 7.45 to eight minutes if you're putting numbers to it. And I almost never put numbers to it because I think I just grew up in a time where like uh, social media wasn't a thing and I just don't care. <laughs> so like if I post the run that's nine minutes per mile, like I just don't care. Um, but I can, I know there are people that do. And so I would just say if that is a problem to just put your watch away or don't wear one or wear a Timex that just does time. So for those of you who don't know what a Timex watch is <laughs> that are listening to this podcast, it's where you just see the time. Come Not on. the distance. Timex is like one of the biggest brands in the history. Of I'm just saying, I think that there could be like some 20 something year olds listening right now who don't know like that there are regular watches without GPS that people use. What is a watch that doesn't speak to me? I yeah, don't right. understand what you're saying. My watch yeah. doesn't give me verbal feedback. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing this too, Anne-Marie, and it's um, in, in all the things you read about recovery, right? I think there's probably a rule number one, if there could be a rule number one, and it is listen to your body and if your body needs it do it so like that idea of if i need to run slower because i feel like this is you know a rough day or something i can run slower you know you have those days where it's just like i i'm not i'm not trying to be accountable to some kind of like image i'm just doing what my body needs and that's that's huge it's important yeah active recovery yeah yeah and it's i mean well then the other thing is i think that some people will skip an easy run like um I used to coach a couple of girls just for fun. Like they were training for a local half and they would nail their workouts or, or, you know, they would do their workouts. They'd make sure they did their workouts. And then if there was an easy run, they'd be like, Oh, I don't really need to do this. Right. And like, actually, yes, you do because it does have a purpose. And the purpose is that you are helping your blood flow and you're adding, you know, you're just, you're helping yourself recover and you're building those little like, cells you know on a cellular level you're building your body up and so yes you do need them they're important um but yeah i think you hear easy pace runs you're like oh that's just like junk miles but it's really not mm -hmm. that's i'm glad you said that Anne marie that warms my heart a little bit because the number of times people say things like junk miles and i'm like well hang on a second why is it junk what what is it that makes you think yeah. that's junk <laughs> well and it's the aerobic fitness you know you're building aerobic fitness you know, yeah and that's so that idea, and you, you just raised the question of what's the science then. You talked about the cellular level kind of thing happening. And if we understand the science of what's going on in our muscles and in our tissues and our cells, um, then we know that there are certain kinds of things we need at certain times to maximize the adaptations. To actually achieve the benefit of the hard workout, our cells need certain things afterward, like the fuel, the rest, hydration, so we can actually get the oxygen to the places it needs to be. But then also, uh, you know, the, the recovery elements, because if I go too hard, too often, then I delay the adaptations that are happening. And that's, it's very important. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then one other, you just made me think of one other thing that I had, um, learned through, you know, we're like scientific study. And I think it was the same. It was Stacy Sims that did this study. And actually, you know, a lot of people will get done with a run and like have a smoothie with like orange juice and blueberries, lots of antioxidants. And so what she was saying, and and I've actually um, forgotten about this and then relearned about it and noticed the difference in myself. And I am a study of one, um, but there is actually science behind it. So 
what she was saying is that after a hard workout, you know, you break down your muscles and they release um, free agents, um, free radicals. So antioxidants will, are, you know, your body produces them to, to make your muscles um, that like reduce the damage. Um, but if you take in vitamin C or antioxidants, then you're inhibiting your body from producing them because then it doesn't need to. And so you're actually causing this neutral effect from the training. Um, so a while ago I had read that taking iron with vitamin C right after a run was a good way to have it absorb better. Um, and then I know, I just noticed that I wasn't, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling as good. Um, so I ran out of it. I ran out of the vitamin C and I was just taking iron and I noticed that I started to feel better. And then I had reread her, um, like little excerpt from her book about the antioxidants after a hard workout. It's like, huh, interesting, I guess, you know, on myself that definitely works. So, um, I don't know if anybody finds themselves or just wants to do it themselves. If you haven't heard of that, it'd be interesting to know if that works for everybody. That is a very, that's yeah. a very keen and practical thought. I yeah. appreciate that. I, I've, I've had various encounters with the concepts and like you were just saying, you know, I've, I've learned things about that, but I, it, it's never stuck well. So I appreciate the reminder that that's keen. Right. Because it's so tasty to have a orange juice, blueberry, whatever smoothie after a run, like it's the best thing ever. So it just sounds great. But um, yeah, according to research, not so much. So. Mm. So another question I have for you are, what ways do you speed your recovery? Like, do you do any rolling or mobility or things like that um, after runs to help recover? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, not as much as I should, even though I do try. And that's probably everybody. You know, the easiest thing to do is like legs up the wall, just like scoot yourself against the wall and give yourself some, some time. Um, if I'm ever watching TV, I'm always rolling. Um, and sometimes I watch TV just so I can make myself roll or because it's, you know, um, all my friends know if they come over, not anymore, but like, you know, pre COVID times, if they come over to chat, then I'm going to be rolling my legs out or doing something like I always just try to fill in the gaps of, um, of what I'm doing. Or like if I'm, you know, standing in line at the grocery store, I'm always the person stretching <laughs> and uh, that. I don't even have to think about that anymore. That's just like, well, I'm gonna use this time to stretch. So I think when we have busy lives, I mean, you know, we're not professional athletes who just get to like, and and I admire them and respect them so much. Um, but you know, we have our own forms of recovery for sure that we have to work around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you said the part about watching a show. And rolling because that's actually what we've been doing lately. <laughs> Not lately. That's since we got married. Well, no, there's a period of time where it was actually like it was not helping us because we'd get to bed too late or we had, you know, we had other things to do or whatever. But now we're like very intentional with it. We like this is our time to do the exercises we didn't get in and to roll before bed because, yeah, a lot of us are we're just we're tired and it, it, there's a mental piece of it, too. And so to have the show going, it's kind of it takes the, the mental strain off and it becomes a relaxing thing and it's less of a duty. And, you know, it just it's good for us and we know it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
I would love to have like some Norma Techs or, um, <laughs> you know, speaking of like really good recovery, like, um, and I, my brother-in-law is really big into running and works at a running store and has like the, what are they, the EMS, like the electronic um, signals. I don't know if you guys have those, do you use them? I, we have it. And we, we had, I, it I does not very, work anymore. Oh, okay. That's probably why I'm not using it lately, but I used to use it. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely try that. I mean, you know, if like somebody's super serious into running and just like wants to try things, I mean, I've heard great things about them. It's not something I've ever personally used, but um, yeah, I maybe Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's a good thing to have on your list because it's, it's not so expensive that, you know, it's it's unlikely Santa might bring you it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good though, to like, you know, develop the habits of like using the roller and, and whatever, and like slowly add to your list. Cause you're not going to like get all this stuff and use it at once. And you, you know, you'll adapt to a higher level of training as you go and you can accumulate more of the recovery things. So it's probably good to, to just like work them into your daily routine. Um, but yeah, it's, that'd be amazing. Just, all the tools, all, all the, the tools, all the tools, and all the tricks, and and wishing for all the time. That's, that's the always wishing I had more time to do all the things. So, if if I could ask one last question, Anne Marie, um, that's on my mind is: Do you feel like there's anything not in your practice that you wish were, or you regret not doing more of? You you kind of hinted at some a little bit ago, but anything else that you feel like, you know, you, you need to do more of this thing and it will make a difference for you? You know what? That's a good question because I have actually, there's one, like, I've always thought that if I swam more or mm. just, you know, used it as an afternoon workout, um, it would make a pretty big difference because I have always, um, my weakness, I guess, as a runner, my bottleneck, I guess, is my breathing. I've always thought, like, I feel like, um, before my legs get tired, before I feel like my heart is beating fast, I'm like breathing hard. And I feel like swimming would really help with that aspect as well as like, you know, the, the process of jumping into a cold pool and then warming back up, you know, blood flow again. Like, I feel like that's key to everything. Um, yeah, if I could do more of that, but I've never been a swimmer, um, maybe that'll be a good challenge for me um, coming up to start incorporating that. I'll uh, I'll live vicariously through you as you do. <laughs> He's a. I've I've tried. Is difficult I've for tried him. swimming. I can't can't do it. <laughs> he, he, one time he was like literally two minutes in the water and he came. We out do not need to spend said, any time talking about my. He goes, lack I'm of done. I'm like, did ability. you really go and do anything? He's like dying. Two minutes. No, I'm not exaggerating with that either. But the takeaway here, and I do appreciate the comment here, Emory, because that's that's a key factor in so many things. Is what what can we do to and encourage blood flow and you know so there's only so much running that we can safely do you know everyone has kind of a, a limit in how much running they can probably do healthily um, but there are other things that we can do that can still be more of a leisurely thing you know for the recovery uh, but can encourage things like you know working on just general breathing cardiovascular capacity and things like that but also just blood flow and, and recovery that's good yeah yeah i love that that was your takeaway because mine takeaway was that 
we are going to become virtual swim buddies and work on this <laughs> together. <laughs> and we're both gonna rock the goggles and swim cap and learn how to do this and breathe better. Are you going to pay for Andy's CPR class so she can resuscitate me every time I drown? Is that, is that in the deal here? Yeah, yeah. We can discuss that. <laughs> well, so appreciate, yeah, so appreciate your willingness to engage with us on, you know, it's, it's one piece of a very big puzzle, uh, but it's such an important piece of that puzzle, just being able to recover and recover well and intentionally. Yeah, definitely. And, and I have to say, like, just thinking about it made me more intentional with my recovery. So I think just like, like we were saying at the beginning, you know what you're supposed to do, but um, we don't always do that. So yeah, keeping it front and center, having, you know, talking about it, like just reminds me of all the things that, um, that I know I should do and, and we'll try to incorporate more. Very good. Well, I feel like this question is kind of a difficult one because of the times we live in, but what's next for you, Anne-Marie? I know you're doing this, um, this event, a series of events right now. Oh yeah. The trials of miles. Is that? Yes. Tri yes. Trials of miles. I couldn't remember. I was like, trials is in there somewhere. Trials of miles. <laughs> um, so you're doing that right now. Uh, are you still in that? What does that look like moving forward for you? So we're at nationals, I'm using quotation marks right now. Um, so the last, uh, so they did like a dual meet, a regional meet, uh, you know, West Coast, East Coast, and now we're in nationals. Um, so it was an elimination style race. So every time you moved up, then a certain number of runners were eliminated. So we, I just did my time trial this morning. It was a 10K, um, super fun. And I think they announced the results, uh, the 25th, something like that. Okay. Um, and then myself and four other teammates are going down to Denver for the Colorado USATF 5k, um, November 21st. Cool. So we had planned on all running CIM together. Um, but as you know, that's not happening this year. So yeah, I mean, you're right. It is hard. I don't know. That's like the big thing on my plate, which like usually every fall, it's, there's so many exciting racing opportunities. It's a little hard, but um, yeah, that's at least a little carrot to look forward to and train for. Excellent. Well, I'll make sure that I also tag uh, your running group, which is a Fort Range Elite. Is that right? Or Front Range Elite. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> no, that's okay. Elite. It's like you know we're kind of in the foothills. We're the front range of co in Colorado. So yeah, front range elite. And um, this not even worth mentioning, but we <laughs> were gonna we were trying for front range endurance. That name was already taken um, <laughs> by a non like because we felt really like weird about calling ourselves elites. Like doesn't that kind of make you like oh gosh. <laughs> It makes it but real is are. what it does, yes. Henry. It makes it real. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. Uh, and then you all can follow Anne-Marie at Anne-Marie Kirkpatty. So that, that is the handle that you can find her at. We'll also link to that in our show notes. So thank you so much, Anne-Marie, for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It was so nice to see your face. Good to see you, too. I hope to see you in person, and we'll be keeping track of that November 21st race. Thank you so much to Anne-Marie for coming on the show to talk with us. We got to continue our conversation 
off air and there was some great thoughts if from only Anne-Marie. we were still recording i know it was really great so Anne marie brought up the idea of mental recovery and i think it's so vitally important because we go through this grind let's say we have an important race and we have the mental stresses of a race season and the training itself what does it look like to recover from the mental stresses of training Yeah, that's huge. When I first started my work with Barry McGee, one of the first things he said is take a week and run just here and there every other day or something like that. And and I'm thinking, well, I haven't really been doing anything crazy with training that I need like a break. And he literally addressed that before Mm -hmm. I even asked the question where he said, this isn't for like needing to rest and recover. This is for the mental break you're going to want before we dive deep into this next series of training. Mm -hmm. And he was absolutely right. Yeah. And so the other part of mental... Uh, recovery is maybe even after a race, there's some decompression that happens. So within a season, there might be a need for some mental recovery. Anne-Marie had talked about too, going to a race and being hyped up and being hyped up too early, having that adrenaline going all day long and having an evening race. So there's elements to look at with the mental aspect that do affect our physical bodies, like adrenaline, for instance. It's great to be able to manage that appropriately. So the answer you've been waiting for, what is recovery and why does it matter? I think we've answered the question thoroughly. So let me just summarize or synthesize. Um, So what is recovery? It's the period of adaptation between stresses on a given system. There's your textbook definition. I did not intentionally plagiarize that if that comes from something else that was me trying to summarize all the other stuff we talked about. Zach's (laughs) textbook. My my textbook. Well, a to Z running technically. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, in terms of your tissues, then we're talking about regrowth and reinforcement. In terms of your aerobic system, we're talking about improved oxygen delivery capacity. In terms of the anaerobic system, improved metabolization of waste products. So then the question of why does it matter? The best and easiest answer I can provide is that this is literally the period, talking about recovery here, literally is the period in your training when you're getting fitter. Mm -hmm. Understand this clearly. You're not getting fitter when you're doing the workout. You're stressing the system so that it can make the adaptations to be fitter in the recovery period. So do you need recovery? We didn't want to ask that question because that answer is obvious. Yeah. Yes. The question is how and when, depending on the kind of stress you're doing to the system. That's so good, Zach. I like how you put that. It's an action and then a reaction. Our body is reacting to the work that we're doing and we need to allow it to do that in order to pursue our goals. So as always, we're definitely happy to help you address how to do that in your own training. If you feel like we can be a source to provide some kind of insight for you or support and certainly visit a to z running.com. Look for the word coaching and we are glad to help. Yeah. And remember, we do have that giveaway happening. It's a really big one. I'm kind of geeked about it. So She's pretty geeked sure about it. Go, on, go on over to Instagram and follow a to z running. 